what's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. Thanks for joining us on a Friday. Today is Deep Dive Friday, June 4th, 2021. Just zooming through 21, right? Seemed like 2020 took forever. Here we are. We're like halfway done this year. So there you go. That's some good stuff. Either way, uh, Deep Dive Friday. We're going to talk about college baseball. The college baseball bracket just got released, and the yearly tournament is underway. Uh, or at least it starts here in, I don't know, like 30 minutes from when we're recording this today. So uh, I know it's not nearly as big as, obviously, the college basketball tournament. Or, you know, there, there may be a lot of you out there who don't watch any college baseball. But it's a fun time of the year. And for those who do like to watch this... I don't know too many other podcasts who are going to be breaking things down. So we'll go, not necessarily region by region. Keep in mind, there's 64 freaking teams this year. But uh, I'll give you some teams I like, some things to watch for, some handicapping tips, and um, maybe a couple uh, not necessarily futures bets, but ways to play certain matchups this weekend and into next week. So let's get right in. Uh, first things first, special thanks to Better Edge, the best place for you to make your sports bets online. Better Edge is really, it's more of a social community where you can make bets. You know, there are sports books where we know about them. They're everywhere. They charge a VIG. And, you know, that's just kind of how it's been for a long time in the United States. Well, not with Better Edge. Better Edge is more of a social platform where you can follow your friends, follow other people who give picks. There's tournaments, there's competitions, so many ways to interact with both your friends, your coworkers, your family, and other just betters out there, you know? So, uh, betteredge.com is really changing the game for sports betting. And the best part, on top of all this, they don't charge a VIG. So you can start betting VIG free today. And not just that, you can have so much more fun, get more involved, get your friends involved, and just elevate the entire experience. So check them out online, betteredge.com. That's B E T T O R R edge.com, just like sports better. And uh, use promo code SHARP. That's sharp with a P. That's going to get you ten free dollars in your account, and it lets them know that you heard about them right here on the Sharp Angle podcast. So it definitely helps us out as well. So check them out online: betteredge.com. B e t t o r edge.com. Promo code sharp. Start winning more money and having more fun today. All right, let's get into it. The college baseball bracket is here. Uh, it's it's it, this is great because. For sports bettors out there, this may be something to incorporate into your yearly sports betting routine. You know, it's perfectly nestled here as soccer's wrapping up and we're at the playoffs for basketball and and uh, hockey. So, you know, while there's still things out there to bet, it's slowing down for sure. And as all of you know, for the next couple months, there's really not much to bet except for Major League Baseball. So this is a nice kind of thing to bridge the gap. It's... And... Just speaking purely, you know, honest and how we want to approach games and the best way to to win, it's to approach soft markets. We talk about this all the time. You know, if you're going to bet the NFL or if you're going to just get into sports betting and launch a career in sports betting and, and, and try and figure this thing out, don't start betting the NFL. <laughs> don't start betting the NBA. Don't start with some huge market. Start with a much softer market. And if you guys are looking for a soft market, there's no better place to start than college baseball. I mean, my God, this is probably the most inefficient market that I follow. You know, and the way you define that, when you see favorites open up minus 150 and by first pitch they're minus 500, or you see some teams the other way start minus 450 and by first pitch they're the underdog, it's like, "Whoa." Now, those examples were drastic, no doubt about it, but 
You don't get that in any other sport. You get that all the time. And maybe not to that extreme, but you get that all the time in college baseball. It's one of the softest markets out there. And there's a reason why a lot of sports books either don't offer it or uh, keep the limits very low. You know, I have to make my baseball bets at like 20 different websites because I can't get down as much money as I want to on, on one given site. So there are restrictions and there are things. That, it's like the market knows this too, right? We're not the only ones that understands that this is a soft market where they're exposed and they're vulnerable. But they put it out there because in, in this day of sports books and the whole retail model, this is what sports books want. And this is good for us because competition within sports books means they'll put more things out there like college baseball. But just know this. It's not an efficient market. And certainly, you don't have to know everything about college baseball to win at college baseball. So I had to put that out there. You know, a lot of you guys may say, who cares? I don't watch it. I don't know anything about it. I'm not going to bet it. Well, this may be a good time to learn and bet it because the sports books, I promise you, are not putting that much time and effort into these lines. All right, so let's get into what the college baseball tournament is, how it's a little bit different this year, and the overall format. This year, there will be 64 teams, 30 automatic bids, the conference winners, and 34 at-large bids. Again, total of 64. Four teams in 16 regionals. So again, a total of 16 regionals, the highest seed hosting each regional, and uh, there are four teams in each. There is actually something kind of unique this year. For the first time, I believe, in NCAA regional history, there's a top seed who won't be hosting their region. And this is because this season, towards the end of the year, uh, the NCAA wanted to pre-designate these sites. And they got it right for the most part. You know, they could tell towards the end of the year, okay, obviously... Arkansas is going to have, you know, uh, uh, they're going to host. Arizona is probably going to host. Vandy, Tennessee, Mississippi State. You start seeing these teams. It's like, okay, we know their record. They're going to finish near the top. They should host. But they got they only missed one this year in terms of lining up the pre-designated sites with the actual highest seed. And that's going to be the Columbia region. Old Dominion is the number 11 overall seed. And South Carolina is the host of that region. Besides that, each region, the highest seeded team is the host. Uh, here's the format for these very first games. Now, these four teams in each regional will play each other in a round-robin double elimination format. That means once you lose twice, you're out. And it's a round-robin format, so you play every other team at least once. Uh, and that's in the regionals. So once the regionals are wrapped up, they have their champion, right? Double elimination, round-robin. There's going to be 16 teams left, one champion in each division. And then once there's 16 teams left we have the super regionals. So what happens is these 16 teams all get paired up. Obviously, that's eight matchups. And these teams have a best of three. Then the final eight teams, whoever emerged from this best of three, go to Omaha for the College Baseball World Series. That's the final eight, the top eight in the country. And at that point in the season, it's the top eight in the country, the ones who at least have advanced out of the bracket. Again, the regionals, round-robin, double-elimination format. And then once you get out of there, you're paired up with the team in the Super Regionals, and it's a best of three. Some notes I have this season. Towards the end of the year, there was, there was less travel this year. Okay, Now, there were still out-of-conference games, which was pretty unique for a COVID year and what the NCAA has been doing with football and other sports. So it wasn't all conference games, but one thing I, I, I promise that has really stood out, if you look at the data, you look at the matchups, just intrinsic talent, the SEC is dominant. 
Like they, we're talking on the football level. And this doesn't mean blindly bet every SEC team, but what it does mean is the SEC has exceeded expectation this year, not just with wins and losses, but against the spread. When you look at the market, how the market has these eight, these SEC teams ranked and projected, they're much better than the market has had this season. So one of two things could happen. Either the market catches up when all of you guys get in and start betting college baseball, or they don't make an adjustment and we still get value. Now, I think... Actually, we're leaning more towards the latter, where they don't make an adjustment. And it's not because the market doesn't know they might need a, a slight adjustment. It's because the market doesn't ever over-adjust too much. And it doesn't matter whether we're talking about the NFL or college baseball, they don't want to go over the top in adjustments. And I see that over and over and over. So keep that in mind. The SECs looked really good, but see if it makes sense. You know, And part of what will help you do that, looking at the pitching matchups. So this goes for every game, not just the SEC, but college baseball is is a very unique sport because what they usually do is they have every team in the country uses, for the most part, this one approach. You have your midweek pitchers and you have your weekend pitchers. The weekend games in college baseball are always, quote unquote, more important. You have conference games in the weekends. You just have bigger, more high-profile matchups on the weekends. It's not like it's random. You're going to have these high-profile games on Wednesday or Tuesday. It's not like that. You're usually traveling, playing different teams, lower teams, things like that. And then the weekend is for conference games and really, really meaningful, important games. So what that means is you're going to see a lot of these teams, even those who who have played each other a couple times. Like today, uh, just here in a few minutes, what do we got? We got a... Who's his first matchup that's starting here soon? It is Duke. Who's Duke playing? Do, 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 do. Duke is taking on uh, Liberty. That's right. And Liberty and Duke played twice this year. Duke won both games, 7-0 and 4-3. Don't quote me on that score, but it was it, Duke won both games. One was a one-run game. One was a blowout. Well, the difference is... In both of those games, Liberty was throwing their number three pitcher, their number four pitcher, because it was a midweek game. That's going to be a big difference. Now, again, for this Duke-Liberty matchup, the price right now is, I think, Duke minus 150, pretty accurate to me. But the point is, even for teams who saw each other during the regular season, make sure it's the same or an equal pitching matchup. Again, this example, Liberty played Duke twice in the regular season. Liberty, their ace, whose name I'm blanking on right now, he's starting today. He hasn't faced Duke all year long, so it will be different. That doesn't mean that Liberty is guaranteed to show up or it's going to be super low scoring or any of that because when we're handicapping, there are no guarantees, but we can take things and make inferences. And what we know is that when you're getting these different pitcher matchups, we can expect to see a much different game from those teams who have played one another. So if teams have played, look at the earlier pitching matchups, see how they're different in the playoffs. And if these teams have not played, see who's on the mound. Is it their there being whoever we're talking about, is it a weekend guy or is it a midweek guy? And how does the other team do against weekend guys and midweek guys? So keep that in mind. There's very clear demarcation for college pitching, at least starting pitching. And if you don't know about that, you're not going to be able to handicap these games very well. All right, before we get out of here today, I do have some picks. Now, these are sort of guideline picks. They're not actual picks that you can go out there and make because I haven't found one website that's letting you make picks for the few, for the regionals, right? They're not led they're not letting you bet on the regional champion or even super regional. All you can bet on right now in the futures market for college baseball is the World Series champion. 
And besides that, you can just bet game to game. So here's how you approach these games. Do your best to work these picks in game by game, right? So if Arkansas, if I pick them to win the the uh, Fayetteville region, obviously there's not a price up for that. You can't pick them to win the Fayetteville region. We have to go game by game. So if Arkansas matches up with, let's say, Nebraska in the final of that regional, and the price is minus 110 for each team, you guys know that based on that, I'm going to pick Arkansas. So I don't often do this on this show. I try to be very clear, very concise, very direct. But this is going to be something where if you guys hear my pick or you hear who I like, you're going to have to draw your own conclusions on a game-by-game basis and try and find them for a good price. So uh, I have seven favorites who I think will advance from their regions. The seven teams who are hosting, who I believe to not be a lock to advance, but be very, very heavy favorites to advance... Arkansas, Stanford, Texas Tech, Vanderbilt, Texas, Mississippi State, and TCU. Again, Arkansas, Stanford, Texas Tech, Vanderbilt, Texas, Mississippi State, TCU. Uh, there's a, a plethora of reasons. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I think that, whether it's matchups or pitching or health or location, just whatever, right? But those are the teams who I think will advance who are hosting. And then I have three teams who are the underdogs, and in some cases, very heavy underdogs. And I think if the price is correct, I would bet on these teams against some of the favorites in their own division. Let's start off with Old Dominion. Again, they're the highest ranked seed in that regional, but they're not the host. So if it's South Carolina taking on Old Dominion, you better believe the market will charge things more in South Carolina's direction because the home crowd, the familiarity with the field, all that stuff. And I'm not saying that doesn't matter, but Old Dominion is a really good team. So if they do match up again, even match up, I I wouldn't be surprised if Old Dominion comes out of that regional, of the Columbia regional. Uh, But that wasn't as big of an upset because they were the highest seed. But let's get over to the Eugene regional where Oregon will be hosting. They had a great regular season. Uh, I think they're 14th or 15th right now on the list for... uh, champions for the World Series, but even though Oregon's hosting, and that's been a a tougher place to play, I think LSU has got a great chance of coming out of that division. Again, the SEC this year really surprised me with how good they finished the season. LSU's got dominant pitching. As long as they can catch some fire with their bats up there in Eugene, LSU could do some damage. And the other couple teams in that regional, Gonzaga, Central Connecticut State, I don't think pose much of a threat at all. So I believe that comes down to Oregon and LSU. And if the price is right... I would uh, take LSU a couple different ways. And uh, last here, my uh, final team who I want to keep an eye on, and they're definitely in a tough regional, it's Oklahoma State. They play in the Tucson regional where Arizona, they had just a great year. I I can't remember off the top of my head, but they have one of the best records in baseball. I mean, this is the five seed overall for a reason. Arizona's good. But I just think Oklahoma State has the has the hitting to overtake or to match up with their with Arizona's pitching. Oklahoma State had a really rocky start to the season and ended so strong. And like I said, not only is their pitching coming alive in their bullpen, but the bats. And so that's the main thing with Oklahoma State. Can their offense stay, you know, doing what it's been doing? I think the answer is yes. And this doesn't mean I want to make this clear one more time. If Oklahoma State and Arizona match up and the price is minus one ten for each team. Well, I don't like that bet anymore, right? It, that, then that's saying these teams are equal, and that's pretty much what I think. If, if not, even Arizona's a little better. You know, this is about the prices we're going to get. So, if it's Oklahoma State and Arizona, and it's minus 110 for each team, I don't like that bet. Even if it's Arizona, minus 150, Oklahoma State, plus 125, plus 130, I still don't like that bet, because that's probably more accurate, more even. But if we get a matchup where Arizona comes out, I don't know, minus... 
200, 250, and you get Oklahoma State as some overwhelming underdog because Arizona is a better team and they're at home. That's what I'm talking about. That's how you can use these teams in these games to your advantage. And I know it was a little bit ambiguous with some of the picks and some of the teams that I think will move on, but I hope what you guys got from this today is a couple tips on how to handicap these college games a little bit better. You know, making sure that you're doing your conference work and watching for the pitchers and things like that. But in general, you know, just it, we talk all the time on this show about price sensitivity and, and finding value. Use your knowledge, what we've talked about, to apply this to these games. Texas Tech, Stanford, Arkansas, they're great teams. If they're minus 1,000 in their games, you don't want to bet on them. But if they're minus 110, perceived to being maybe equal as their counterparts, now we have some value. So, all right, that does it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, whatever you guys have going on today, tonight, good luck. Hope you cash some winners. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle.